name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is Stir Up Sunday, from the opening of today's collect. Now back in the before times, in the long, long ago, families back in merry old England would go home after this service and make their Christmas pudding. A Christmas pudding is a time-consuming proposition, made from flour, eggs, spices, and a bunch of dried fruit. It requires some effort to stir all the ingredients and everyone in the family would take a turn. Stirred from east to west in honor of the wise men who traveled in that direction. Each offering up a wish for the year ahead. The family member stirring, not the wise men. It's boiled and then set aside so that it's a week's up until Christmas pass. Booze, usually brandy or rum, are poured over it until it's well and truly soused. So when people heard the opening words to the collect, stir up, we beseech thee, and then later, bringing forth the fruit of good works. It would serve as a reminder to get cooking. Such things might seem like faint echoes of a bygone era, swallowed up in the unrelenting march of progress. But after another spectacle of Black Friday chaos, I'll take a long-gone echo over the cacophony of modernity anytime. The modern world is undoubtedly seductive, with its rapid access to products and services its beckoning call for our constant engagement with it, extolling the virtues of remaining plugged in and connected. It may seem impossible to unplug ourselves from modernity without fully turning our back on reality itself. Does rejecting the modern world require us to give up electric lights, antibiotics, and if not, why not? But that's the stick to modernity's carrot. Modernity must have all of you, and if it can't, it will bombard you with ideas that to live up to your ideals would require giving up all its benefits as well. That's simply not true. We are Christians. Yes, it can be a burden, but as the Lord says, our burden is light. We are Christians, which means the only thing we need to reject and give up is sin. Easier said than done, but it means that we can take the good of modernity without becoming Luddites or at this time of year, Grinches. Sitting here listening to this sermon, or maybe I should say enduring it. You've already rejected modernity's insistence on your absolute adherence to it. This is the last week of our year. Next week, with the beginning of Advent, we enter into a new liturgical year. Our time is different than modernity's time. Modernity wants us to spend these days before the end of its year in a frenzy, in desperate attempts to make the holidays meaningful. What meaning we are to make of them remain silent because it can offer no real answer. So people fret about trying to outdo each other with decorating or party planning, desperately trying to make something worthy of Instagram. We can succumb to this Friends Day, or we can reject it utterly with a bah humbug, or we can enter into the holidays with an inner peace which transform those around us. Advent is a time in which we prepare and anticipate the celebration of the Incarnation, when the word was made flesh, God became man in the person of Jesus Christ. So too does the word take flesh in us. We who have been remade in baptism, receiving the word through scripture, through preaching, and sacramentally in the Eucharist. Advent is an interesting time. In it we prepare and anticipate something that has already happened. Something that, has, that is happening all the time within us. It is a time of looking back and forward, of penitence and celebration, of marking the times through which we have come, 
while being a part of the timeless body of Christ. Manifesting the kingdom and being the font of calm while society is in a tizzy comes easy when our lives are ordered and harmonious. Prayer comes easily, and our bank accounts are full. But what about when very purchases of even the necessities is precious? When our relationships are disordered? When our health or of those we love is compromised? How do we manifest the peace of God when there doesn't seem to be enough for ourselves, let alone enough to spare on others? That is why traditions developed and endured in the first place. They are the raft and the stormy seas onto which people once could cling to. It is true that we can rediscover or develop our own traditions, but we must always keep in mind that we cannot create traditions with a goal outside of themselves. Trying to create a family tradition that sets out to create feelings of love and joy and bring the family closer together are doomed to fail. Instead, bringing the family together just to be around each other and giving one another space to be a family is what creates the tradition itself. The tradition of starting the Christmas pudding on Stir Up Sunday did not develop so as to foster family time. It did not originate as an attempt to start even a tradition. It started because people really wanted a good pudding to eat on Christmas. If our advents become something outside of themselves, if we measure our disciplines by how much more holy we become, or if we measure our interactions with others by how much more holy they become, we are doomed to be a miserable advent. If instead we focus on Jesus Christ, we have a chance. We have a chance in our penance bearing fruit. We have a chance of our breaks from fasting, becoming fast that, or feasts that point towards the heavenly feast, which we are all anticipating. If we submit ourselves and love with his love, then every tradition can be made new. Modernity is infinitely recursive, endlessly obsessed, analyzing the thoughts about things rather than thinking about the things themselves. And that tendency poisons even our attempts to combat it. In our attempts to forge lives upon a different, more authentic path leading to God, we tend to focus on the path rather than the destination. People try to engineer traditions, but traditions cannot be manufactured. Rather, they develop over time organically. When we encounter traditions that we are not yet part of, for example, the liturgical calendar or fasting during Advent, we can get caught up in our, the outward visible signs and miss the target at the heart of these things. Adopting the tradition of making the Christmas pudding is of no use to you if you don't like Christmas pudding. So too with Advent. If you love Mariah Carey's Christmas music or enjoy camping out on Thanksgiving night for Black Friday deals, entering into the tradition of a strict Advent with this postponement of Christmas carols until after December 25th will never work. If, however, watching the, how the Grinch stole Christmas or even Die Hard works for you, this too will become a tradition for you. All of the traditions of Advent from fasting and abstinence to the use of an Advent wreath or calendar endure because they connect us with Jesus and with others. They endure because Jesus endures. They endure because he who is timeless entered into time. He who is infinite entered into finite space. He who is immortal, the, who is the immortal word, became mortal flesh. Traditions give us way stations along our journey through Advent, giving it shape and structure. 
Sometimes traditions cease. Family members pass. Friends move away. Those things looked forward to or, or relied on are no longer available. If in Christ those things were found, if in Christ those things found their meaning, then when those things cease, we can be sure that their meaning endures in Christ. It always in every way comes back to Jesus. Our year is at an end. Next week, a new year begins, a year made and remade in Christ. We are called, into, called to enter into hopeful anticipation as we mark his coming into the world, as we recall how he came into our lives and continues to do so day after day, year after year. When we contemplate his glory with a modicum of self-awareness, we cannot help but be penitential. When we contemplate his grace, we cannot help but to celebrate with joy and thanksgiving. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.